You know, my buddy Keith had his car dropping a lake off a bridge just like this one here. Yeah, see, he was driving over it late at night, and there in the middle of the bridge was what looked like, in Keith's estimation, like a dead bear. So Keith gets out his car to find, like, a stick to poke at it, right? Well, it turns out it's just some lady's fur coat that must have fallen out her car. So, hey, furry coat, right? Now, owls won't normally attack a man, but in this case, they were hungry, and that made them reckless, man. Keith reckons they must have been there for hours hours watching what they thought was a bear carcass because as soon as he picked it up them owls had claws in him an inch deep well keith figures his best bet is to jump in a lake because owls can't swim well them owls could he fought them for like 20 minutes treading water and during that time a boat came bridge went up and down went keith's car man sometimes nature's just trying to teach us if we'd only listen How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I am joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? Doing good, but I'm feeling a little sick. Yeah? Yeah. Time travel does that to you. <laughs> Why are you feeling sick, though? I kind of got, like, this cut earlier in the week, and I didn't think it was, like, a huge deal, Band-Aid and whatever, mm. but uh, now I feel it feels like it's infected. Ah, yeah. Well, that's not ominous. <laughs> what do you want to talk about this week? Medication to treat my infection. <laughs> left for dead? I'm here in Left for Dead. Let's talk about Left yeah, for Dead. Yeah, it was supposed to be my roundabout tie-in. <laughs> I thought I thought that maybe this was a, a, a loop thing. We'll come back to it later and I'll just be murdered by you mid-podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you bit, son. You bit. <laughs> I'm holding out hope. Uh, <laughs> so, Left for Dead game came out a while ago came out for pc xbox a bunch of different platforms um valve made it so that was one that was interesting they finally made a good first person shooter like they bought turtle rock uh studios for it and made them valve south so it kind of counts but they do that whenever they make games now so uh it is what it is uh people eventually went on they spawned what is it a different studio uh Left 4 Dead is a first-person shooter, as you mentioned. Um, and this was probably the start of the... If it wasn't the exact start, it was really close to the start of the zombie wave. Of just, everybody's making a zombie game. Well, I mean, pretty easy theme and topic, because everyone kind of thinks the idea of zombies are cool, in yeah. like a horror fantasy sense. Mm-hmm. But everybody also likes to kill zombies. Yeah makes a lot of sense from a gameplay design perspective you don't have to put a crazy amount of effort into your enemies they're zombies right like yeah. people people immediately know what zombies are but uh a lot of effort went into these left for dead games um i know when i started we were playing uh, it has a co-op mode where you run through as with ideally four people <laughs> um given the four in the title right uh but a lot of the longevity of the game came through in the multiplayer, which I think is what a lot of us stuck around for. Yeah, but what's really cool is the multiplayer and the single player are the same thing. <laughs> Elaborate. <laughs> so I'm going to ask for justification on that. <laughs> so in Left 4 Dead, you have campaigns. Yeah. So you'll go through a number of areas, and that'll be all as one cohesive story, one campaign. Mm-hmm. And then you get points for how well you do or points ticked off for how often somebody gets knocked down or dies etc mm-hmm. 
Yeah, they had a they had them based off of um, kind of like movie tropes, and they actually had posters uh, for each campaign. Yes. Before you start it, and they would have like renditions of the characters and uh, kind of cool scenes. It was really campy, and uh, it was an homage to the B movie kind of roots of uh, of zombie film. I think. Yeah, a lot of that early '80s yeah. shitty horror. Did it just get really quiet for you? Eerily quiet. Yeah, that's weird. Must be the 80s. That doesn't sound like the 80s at all, actually. No. But The multiplayer, though. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, you go through the same thing as the campaign. You mm-hmm. can just play on the survivor side, which is what you do normally. Mm-hmm. Or you can play on the infected side. Right. Which is really cool, because obviously the game has a lot of base-ass zombies. Yeah. Which just kind of go at you and climb things and get upset. 48 days later rules, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but the special infected each play a little bit differently and have abilities, and it's really cool to play on the other side and try and sneak up on the people. Yeah. Both sides of the multiplayer require just a tremendous amount of coordination, and you can get more of a, a feel for like what the special infected are capable of uh, if you do jump into versus. Because um, they they can be oppressive depending on the difficulty if you're playing through a campaign with your friends, um, uh, and in multiplayer it feels amazing to pull off those combos in like high stress situations for the survivors. Um, just like the survivors have to constantly watch each other's backs, uh, like uh, one of the special effects is the hunter. I think yeah. he's probably the most iconic for me. Um, you just like hoodies. Yeah, it's, it's basically a hoodie, but his uh, his ability is uh, he does decent slash damage if you get up on somebody but mostly you want to jump off of a high location to get some uh, amplified damage land on a survivor and pin them to the ground and just start like tearing at them clawing at their flesh and yeah. stuff yeah um but that's all you can do once you once you've landed that pin you can't like break it off or do anything no like that. it's essentially a channeling ability mm-hmm. until you get shot to death mm-hmm. or you get pushed off yeah or incapacitate them, if you manage to last that long, but that's pretty rare. That is also true. <laughs> that never happens for me. Yeah. But yeah, it's... Even just going through the campaign, mm-hmm. um, if you have AI teammates, they're semi-helpful. Yeah. But it's a lot better to play with your friends and be like, oh, I'm being pulled by a smoker, I need help. And then your friend can either like shoot the tongue, mm-hmm. kind of like shove you, or kill the smoker... Yeah. To help you out of that situation where you immediately become, or, well, smoker almost immediately. Yeah. Become just locked down and you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. If you get, like, the smokers, just like the a really long tongue will wrap around the person, kind of like choke them, and then pull them back as far as they can until they hit some, like, uh, collidable terrain, right? And then Or they'll... if they hit the smoker themselves. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think you actually do, you might actually do bonus damage in two situations. Hmm. Uh, if you pull, if the smoker pulls them all the way back to themselves and then starts like hitting them with their their hands, um, like attacking them, punching, yes, punching, yes, <laughs> hitting with hands. <laughs> what is this punch? Uh, the other situation I think that did bonus damage was if you pulled them off of a ledge, so they're hanging. Uh, that also oh, because it's like a strangling, it was ex- a strangling, an additional strangling effect, I should say. Yeah, but if you just oh, like cool. caught them on a table or something, then it wouldn't be nearly as bad. It's a nice little touch. But even so, even if you're just pulling them and they're incapacitated, the other base-ass zombies, as I call them, mm-hmm. run up and be like, hey, fuck this guy. Yeah. And a lot of the times you can just 
disable somebody, and that seems to be enough. Because mm-hmm. you can let other people help out. Exactly. There was a, a valid strategy in Versus would be if the smoker has somebody isolated from the group, but you want to continue the offensive, um, Infected could actually run up to like a hunter, could make a short-range pounce, jump on the person who was being pulled by the smoker, and then it would start the smoker's uh, tongue cooldown, basically. So after a while, the smoker could grab somebody else, and sometimes that was the right call. You could kind of like... Interesting. Yeah, this one person's cutting off the... I'll lock him here for you to lock him here, and then I'll lock that, dude. Yeah, then I'll cover you once, you okay. know... Okay. Uh, once uh, the tongue recharges, so... Uh, there was a lot of strategy in that. There was legitimate competitive, uh, like, tournaments for uh, for Left 4 Dead. That's just crazy. Yeah, that's a little nuts. Um, that's two of the special infected. Yeah, let's just go through the others while we're here. Yeah, we might as well, right? Finish them out. Um, so next one was uh, Boomer, which is kind of an all or nothing sort of special infected. And definitely a little bit more uh, suicidal than the rest. He's basically a large, uh, clinically obese, fat. fat He's yes. a fat guy. <laughs> Very fat man. Um whose body is, like, full of this uh, zombie bile. Yeah, he's very bloated and mm-hmm. gross. And unlike the rest of the special infected, where it's kind of in your best interest to preserve yourself, the boomer doesn't really care. He has, like, two basic uh, functions. He either runs in front of the, the humans, tries to get them to shoot him, so he'll explode and, like, splash them with bile, or he has an actual, like, spit attack where you can, like, vomit bile basically on them it's a little gross <laughs> yeah so ideally if you can actually get set up you can get everybody mm-hmm. and then wait and they're like oh thank god that's over with and then go up and die yeah because the bile will attract the basic zombies mm-hmm. it starts like uh, also it obscures your vision true that is very true and that's especially important when you're being swarmed by all of the uh the normal infected you're panicking you're like where do i shoot mm-hmm. just crouch in the corner right click Shoot intermittently. Works every time. <laughs> there's a there's a mechanic where uh, as you as the survivors are progressing through the campaign, periodically the uh, AI director, which is um, a mechanic that kind of adapts the game based off how well the survivors are doing, will send like a horde of zombies at uh, the survivors, and the boomer can force those hordes. It's just like no, we're not waiting for the game to decide this should be harder. Right now, now you're getting swarmed. Yeah. It's one of the key uh, mob mechanics. Also, there are kind of like alarmed cars where mm-hmm. if they get hit, they'll trigger an alarm and summon more zombies. There's like one or two other things. But if you're playing as infected, you can kind of like hide behind cars like, hey, come here. Yeah. And just hope they kind of clip it. Yep. Oof. If you can like, uh, as a smoker, maybe you pull one of the survivors into the car. Like, that can do it, too. There's there's so many ways you can screw. Basically, as uh, the infected, you want to screw with the unity and cohesion of the survivors to take them out. Yeah, like, if somebody's alone, kill that person. Yeah. They ran too far ahead, that was their fault. They fell too far behind, that was their fault, or the team's fault for not supporting them. <laughs> yeah. Because you can also, like, go to choke points where once you go past that point you can't go back exactly so if one person's like i'll be right there i'm just putting a bandage around my shin <laughs> you just pounce them and they're like guys they're like we we can't get back up there yeah you're dead and uh in the campaign if you're playing through in co-op um periodically you would find uh situations where you could like free survivors that had died um from like a shack 
or a building or something else open a door and be like hey you found me you know whatever you look remarkably similar to that person who died or <laughs> but uh in verses obviously that wasn't the case the goal was to completely wipe out the survivors and uh the survival survivor goal was to reach the next safe house which is kind of the um the the game checkpoint between missions exactly yeah usually there'll be four sections to a campaign um four or five something like that and uh, each of them would have these highs and lows interesting locales different problems survivors had to solve um and it's a very interesting experience yes uh, playing versus makes it uh, a lot more intense though a lot more intense it's I think because you're playing against actual people and not AI. Mm -hmm. You know, like certain bots will tend to do certain things. But if you're going through as a person against another person who's played that same level and they know or they know where you expect to go and where you think they're going to be. So it becomes somewhat mind games, but also that match of actual skill versus just shit luck. Yeah. And uh, the infected players had some things to their advantage. Their eyesight like when they're in for for one say you're an infected player what the game will do is it'll say your cooldown's up it's time for you to spawn it'll randomly allocate you one of the special infected and uh, put you in like a silhouette mode where you can fly through the level very very quickly um, and choose a place that you want to spawn in but there's the caveat that the survivors cannot see you yeah, so you can't drop right in front of them. As the boomer, you're like, hey, guys. Yeah, and I'm so... here. <laughs> you just fall out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so sometimes uh, it was a, it's a good thing you mentioned the boomer. That was probably one of the most important to strategically spawn at the right time because the boomer has... No health. Yeah, like no health and crazy audio cues. You, you can hear the boomer from like a good distance. People will know there's a boomer nearby. But if you haven't spawned him in yet... And you spawn them in as close as possible around a corner. Mm-hmm. You can get that drop. You try and just like uh, spawn right behind like a light pole, like <laughs> exactly. trying to find that angle. <laughs> no one happens to be looking your way. Slowly muscle for rank. Yearns <laughs> uh, for the cup. Um, I feel burning fast on it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in either case, either being the like, no one left behind. Uh, survivors with perfect coordination and accuracy and you just tear through all the special infected or i think more fun the special infected who are pulling off all their combos and completely rip the survivors to pieces both of those are incredibly satisfying yeah but it's definitely more unique to play as infected because it's not it's not the base intention of the game Mm -hmm. because like it's a game about killing zombies not being zombies yeah but the fact that you have the options really neat yeah and uh, it's a, it's asymmetrical gameplay. Like, these special infected, on average, have way lower health than survivors do. There's one exception, but uh, most of them have very, very low health. And so the special infected play style isn't normally to completely kill the survivors on first contact. You have several opportunities where you can set up as a group to try to take them out. So you just want to do, like, maximum damage. If you can take a player out, now there's only three, like, awesome. Like, you're on the right track. Or if you can get somebody knocked down, and then while their friends are trying to help them up, you're like, you know, be really inconvenient right now. <laughs> yeah. oh, if yeah. I were here, <laughs> yeah. the boomer. <laughs> oh yeah, getting bile on somebody who's on the ground—it's just like, this is now a bad situation for you. Just kick a man while he's down. That is—that is actually true. Yeah, this is the strategy. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but uh jumping the the gameplay though um for survivors is still progress and scavenging and basically making sure you have enough supplies to get through yeah because you only really have a main weapon Mm -hmm. which would be like your assault rifle your sniper rifle shotgun what have you Mm -hmm. a secondary weapon which can be like a a pistol or another pistol yeah it's basically like an m9 with an infinite ammo cheat code (laughs) yeah anytime you reload you're pretty much fine Mm -hmm. the main weapons will run out of ammo over time but if you find ammo checkpoints or another gun it's not really an issue there's your health obviously yes your most important resource (laughs) yes like real life (laughs) (laughs) so if that drops to zero you go down Mm -hmm. and you have more temporary health it could jump up to like 300 Mm -hmm. but you're incapacitated you can only use your secondary weapons and that temporary health diminishes over time yeah you're like bleeding out basically and you're usually being attacked by stuff yeah so ideally your friends will help you get up and then patch you up heal you back up Mm -hmm. and there's also a there's health packs you can Mm self-heal or heal somebody else and there's like small consumables yeah you have pills pills. or stim shots yeah bottle of pills we're talking about left for dead one and two so we'll mention just all the consumables um but uh, if you went down too many times, you only had so many downs before you'd go black and white. Yeah. And Which is your next down, you're just dead. Yeah. You don't, as soon <laughs> as you hit contact. Yeah. Like. <laughs> if your health gets depleted, you just, just ragged all over. <laughs> That's pretty great, actually. That's the other thing. Like, it's hard to kill a survivor, like you were saying, mm-hmm. outright. Because they have their teammate help, teammates helping them out, picking them up. And they're healing as well. Yeah. So, it's if you a- can get time it to get everybody down around the same time oh there's a constant counterplay of resources the other uh key thing here is if the survivors get low on health uh, they move slower so um seriously injuring somebody slows the whole party down until like more resources are applied so you're trying to get the survivors burned through everything uh, survivors have some nice tools uh, in their their kit though things they can use guns um, guns which you mentioned yeah guns are good uh, Left 4 Dead 2 added the inclusion of melee weapons, um, which take the pistol slot, um, but more or less kill most zombies on one hit. I think they kill all basic zombies in one hit. Mm-hmm. They kill some of the special in one hit. The ones with a little bit more health can take, like, two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is an achievement. You know what I'm talking about? I don't actually think so, no. Okay. So we're going to very shortly talk about another special infected called the Charger. Mm-hmm. Where it has like one little gangly arm and one <laughs> giant Hulk arm. Yeah, the right arm. Yeah, and it, and it charges you and it has this noise. And if it hits you, it will pin you up against the surface and then it start punching you into the ground. Yeah. And it has you locked down, you can't do anything. There is an achievement if you have the melee weapon of the baseball bat mm-hmm. of hitting the charger in the face when it's charging you, and that will it will just kill it outright. <laughs> like is it, it has a run? decent amount of health. It's something to that effect. Yeah. But Steam's like, hey, good job, buddy. That's funny. And it feels real, really rewarding if you can pull it off. Mm-hmm. I think I did once at a point. Yeah. I'll believe you. I don't have any evidence that you didn't. Good. I totally did it. <laughs> War stories. <laughs> Back in Nam with the charging. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, uh, a really interesting experience they added with, with two. You mentioned the charger. They've got the spitter who uh, uh, has low health, is visually, visually distinct because she's got this, like, uh, fluorescent green goo kind of dribbling out. Yeah. Um, but she can spit uh, like a wad of um, 
fluorescent green goo that's basically acid uh, sits there on the ground and hurts people. It also hurts people more over time. Yeah. So the longer you're in it, the more damage it will do. Mm-hmm. Per tick. So if you can pin somebody down with like a charger or a hunter, or if they're just clumped up in any way, you put yeah. the spit under them and it just deals so much damage. Yeah, the uh, the charger and the spitter were both added to combat the most effective strategy in Left 4 Dead 1 and Versus, which was just power pile. Like, you just get everybody in one group, focus all of your firepower, and, like, just basically SWAT team your way through the entire campaign. Yeah, because if somebody gets smoked, you just right-click, done. Yeah, like, right-click's, like, hit with the butt of your gun, uh, usually pushes back zombies, but it'll free people from special infected as well. Except I think I think the charger. I think no the, charger has you locked in. You have to kill the charger. Yeah, it's like a snapping turtle. It's like it's not gonna let go on its own. <laughs> just just murder it. Yeah. Um, there's one other kind of standard special infected was added in Left 4 Dead 2, which was the jockey. Um, yeah. Which is kind of like this like almost monkey looking human who's like gibbering wildly. It's like golem. I want to say that's pretty a little accurate. more awkwardly muscular. Mm-hmm. But he's these short little jumpy dude. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like more analogies to describe this. If it's like a a leprechaun did meth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's also pretty pretty accurate. It's like if Gollum did more meth. <laughs> <laughs> like Gollum, leprechaun, and meth. Yeah. The one ring, not even not even once kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he'll jump on people and then just kind of like latch onto the back, and then if. The jockey has you, you have no control again, mm-hmm. and he can kind of loosely steer you in a direction away yeah. from your teammates, ideally into other zombies who are just, you know, giving you high fives and taking your health down. Yeah. And there's a, there's like a back and forth at play where the jockey is trying to pull you in one direction, but you can resist his movement by mm-hmm. trying to move in the opposite direction. And if you do that for every single one of his movements, he doesn't move you that far. But a good jockey player will like vary up his movements to like make you move erratically and work your way in whatever direction he wants. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting. It's a different experience playing the jockey, I think, to a lot of the infected. Yeah, it's not like, hey, I'm gonna help out for this group effort. It's just like somebody in the back, oh thank God. And I can He's be an impactful. amazing I'm sorry. Didn't mean to speak over you. He's an amazing follow up. Yeah. To somebody else. Um, you get one person on the ground, like you said, someone, they're trying to pick him up, and you're just like, oh, jockey, now you've got two people that are disabled, so. Or especially if, like, let's say you set up something with a charger. Mm-hmm. People are like, we gotta deal with this charger. Yeah. Then you come around, somebody's not paying attention, or who wasn't charged away, and just separate the pile. Yep. So divide and conquer is basically the strategy for a special infected. Yeah. Whereas human strategy is shooting. Yeah, conquer. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> no, no division necessary. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like it's not fun playing as the humans. Yeah. Because it is. It's great. Yeah. I like going through with a katana, chopping down zombies, and then shooting down special infected with a sniper rifle or something. Yeah. You've got, like, diverse set of weapons. you got the AK-47 at 2. Oh, yeah. Uh, the AK has a nice ratatat. Oh, my response. gosh. I just love the AK. Uh, they they kind of have, like, a counter-strike sort of aiming where if you're moving, uh, your accuracy drops off a lot. You're not going to do a whole lot of run and gun for no. long-range shots. <laughs> um, if you have a shotgun, run and gun's fine for close. Yeah. But if you crouch, obviously your reticle will kind of shrink in. You'll be more focused. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why like the, the, the death squad style was so good in one. And they had to 
specifically try to counter into. Um, but there's another one, another one that was uh, pretty decent at isolating survivors, causing a bunch of damage. Um, this is the tank, which I think everybody remembers that played the game. He's the he's the special special infected. Yeah, he he's the Hulk. If the Hulk was flesh colored and angry, <laughs> yeah, er, <laughs> angry. He's like he, he he's roughly the shape of an M, I would say. Yes, <laughs> where like the the legs of the M are just his arms. <laughs> yeah. He's literally gigantic, yeah. and he'll go around and just kind of like left click people, but he kind of mm. like just throws out his arm. Yeah, it deals like a third of your health, and, and if you get hit by it, you get knocked way the fuck back. Oh yeah, crazy knockback. Um, on top of that, he has the magical ability to summon rocks out of whatever surface he's standing on <laughs> for the purpose of yeah. throwing. <laughs> he kind of just like digs into the ground for like two seconds, puts this giant piece of road above his head and then he'll throw it in wherever he's facing yeah and if you get hit by that again that's like probably half your health and will knock you back or knock you down for a little bit yep kind of disrupts your moving like oh fuck they kind of have a um there's a little bit of protection for the people on the ground they don't seem to take as much damage um but the tank is amazingly good at knocking people down initially um, if you got someone isolated and the rest of the group's like willing to abandon them, the tank will definitely finish them off while they're on the ground. Oh yeah. But in particular, he's really good at getting people to the down state, like knock one person away from the group, take them out, and then. Oh, especially if you're near an edge, mm-hmm. and if a survivor gets knocked off an edge, they're like hanging on, be like, "Hey guys, help me up." And yeah. It's, it's treated the same as you got knocked down. And people are like, we can't get Timmy. <laughs> yeah. Because there's a giant guy that's standing between, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. He'll try to, like, body block and uh, make sure that one person gets taken out. And he can because he has a ridiculous <laughs> amount of health. Yes. He's a capital M. <laughs> uh, yeah. He has a crazy amount of health. There is uh, one good strategy. Well, besides focus fire, which does tear through him pretty quickly. He needs some help there. Um, if you hit him with one of the throwables, uh, which is a, a Molotov. Um, he'll just burn consistently. Usually fire kind of goes out after a time, and tanks it last forever, and it's just a timer until you can no longer, you'll, you'll just die. Yeah. It forces you to play aggressive if survivors get that fire on you. I mean, you can put yourself out in water oh, if, that's true. if you find it, but a lot of times you don't have that option. So you kind of want to go in and fuck them up anyway while the other special infected are trying to help out when they yeah. can. I don't know if this is a rumor or not, so maybe I should have looked it up, but I could have sworn, at least in the in Left 4 Dead 1, if you were like a hunter and you were on fire, you dealt more damage if you found somebody. I think that's true. Yeah, I think that was true. We'll have a Mythbusters episode <laughs> for Left 4 Dead, but I believe that was true. We'll just go back to our podcast episode and be like, did we lie here? <laughs> oh my god, yes. It's, it's all lies. <laughs> Everything we've said is a lie. Um I haven't even played this game. It's no, yeah, I don't. This is, this, I'm making up memories. This is two minutes of wiki perusal. <laughs> That's all this is. Uh, tank in particular would be uh, thrown at the the survivors at like fixed crescendo moments, um, where usually he's not in the the pool of infected for like random spawns throughout the yeah, level. Yeah, it'll be a little bit broken. Yeah, um, he'll be like you'll get a notification basically being you're now becoming the tank. The tank will have spawned on the map and you'll gain control of him. If you wait too long, like um, then it'll give control of the tank to some other 
yeah. survivor, and you'll just spawn in as a special infector. Well, some other... Not survivor, yeah. Infected. Infected. Gotcha. That would be weird. <laughs> I'll pave the way. Guys, guys, it's me. <laughs> yeah. Shoot him! <laughs> Don't let Timmy die. He always kills us as an infected. <laughs> no, that's, that's not a mechanic, but that would be funny. I'm going to switch sides. <laughs> Fuck you, Bill. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, do you actually like playing as the tank? I, I enjoy it. It is a lot of pressure, though. Especially in, in versus, well, I mean, it's only available in versus, but like in a more competitive when people are really trying hard. Yeah. You have a lot of pressure to perform as the tank. <laughs> like, <laughs> if uh, if you just get like blown up by a bunch of auto shotties and yeah. you don't take anybody down, then your team's just going to be like, ah, we should have gotten so much more out of that yeah. tank life. It's really helpful in general, regardless of which infected you're playing as, is if you have one other person before you set you up, mm-hmm. or just be like, hey, I'm over here, or <laughs> whatever zombie noises, <laughs> just to draw their attention for a brief second, mm-hmm. because that level of disruption can help you pull something off or clip them with some damage. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's... Coordination is the name of the game. It's not actually. It's Left for Dead, but it uh, it definitely helps. Yeah. There are... The other... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say the other thing. We talked about throwables for the Molotov cocktail. There's also a pipe bomb. Oh, yeah. Which attracts zombies. So the strat there usually is if you get boomer biled mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, we're attracted to you, you can throw out the pipe bomb and that'll override. Yeah. And they'll be like, okay, we'll go there instead. It's got like a beeping sound and a flashing light on it to attract them. I would check it out. It yeah. seems super cool. Yeah. I could put this in my collection. <laughs> Fidget spinners and pipe bombs. Yeah. Uh, Left 4 Dead 2 also added in the, the same slot uh, uh, Bile There's a yeah. Bile Bomb Which basically did like a similar kind of smaller effect To this pipe bomb Not like as large of an area But if you hit Infected with it It's basically the same effect as Boomer Bile Yeah, Like it'll draw nearby Infected And they'll attack it That could, be, that could also be good against the tank Because um, if you manage to hit it with Bile Then all these like small zombies Are trying to swarm it and take it down and stuff Yeah um, and that's very inconvenient as a tank player. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and you definitely had to use the resources uh, available to you. Uh, ammo resupplies, med kits, pills, all these offensive things to make it through the diverse set of levels that they had in Left 4 Dead 1 and 2. Oh my god, yeah. Um, I put most of my time into 1, but I, I know that you played a lot of 2. Uh, what would you say your favorite for 2 is? Favorite level? Favorite level, probably. <sighs> well, not probably, but... But actually? <laughs> but actually. Uh, actually. <laughs> That's a different movie, but actually. <laughs> it's tough. If you need to... No, I gotta say uh, Dark Carnival. Dark Carnival, yeah. Like, the design's great. I like how they have the chapters in the finale. The whole thing is just, ooh. Is that the one that... Uh, that one culminated with a concert, right? Yes. Yeah. I vaguely remember this. Um, I just remember explosions and fireworks and things. All right, let me let me walk you through it. Let, yeah. let me set the scene. <laughs> set the stage. <laughs> let me let I'll me go. do the thing. <laughs> okay, I'll let you do the th- I'll let you talk. <laughs> so after you finish the first area, you essentially go to the edge of this amusement park. Mm-hmm. And that's where the safe house is. So when you leave the safe house, you start to enter into the amusement park, and you're just kind of going around. There's like some tense and stuff not not too much killing some zombies along the way right as you were wont to do <laughs> but then as you go further into the carnival there's more rides and shit 
-hmm. There's more things that are blocking your path, more actual structures. So you have to like kick off a carousel, which generates noise. And then you have to go into like the tunnels of love, <laughs> which it's cooler than it sounds, but yeah. it's kind of like it is a tunnel. There are some like offshoots you have to worry about. And it's also kind of like has that pink mist. Right. So it kind of like sets that vibe. And there's like uh, swan boats as, <laughs> as some scenery. Yeah. The traditional uh, tunnel of love decor. We should go again sometime. Yeah, yeah I think so. I remember those side passages. Those were specifically for special infected. Yeah. Just like, we're here to make it fun. <laughs> hmm. I think after that, you went through some more carnival stuff. Nothing crazy notable. Yeah. I know there's like some slides you can go down at a point. Right. Probably um, run across a couple clowns on your way there. Oh my god, clowns were the worst. <laughs> yeah, clowns... Clowns are like one of the game's non-special, kind of special infected, non-playable, but they were different from your standard just run-of-the-mill 48 days later. Um, and that they had shoes. <laughs> Everyone else had shoes, but these ones had clown shoes. Again with the squeaky shoes. <laughs> um, so them running at you would uh, entra attract infected. So they'd normally kind of like loiter, right, until they saw you. Yeah, most of the zombies are just kind of minding their own business, but like once mm -hmm. they detect you, they're like, that guy fuck yeah. that guy yeah most zombies just they work their nine to five like they're, they're not concerned they're in the service industry should i get a pitch i can get out of here don't give me any trouble <laughs> um but yeah they'll they'll run at you with their squeaky shoes and just make everything terrible it's like a mini boomer kind of yeah i think if you shoot them down it has like a balloon deflating type noise <laughs> something comical yeah but once you get through that junk there's a roller coaster you have to get onto and it sets off an alarm. And I like these sequences where you have to do a thing. You're like, all right, I know shit's going to go down. Right. And then it's going down. Zombies are kind of constantly spawning while things are happening, but you have to go to a place to do an objective. Right. It's usually turning off the alarm somewhere else. <laughs> I actually remember these as you're talking about them. It's yeah. like, it may, forces me to recall. You had to run across the roller coaster, didn't you? Yeah. It's like the, um, a decently sized wooden roller coaster. So you have to worry about if you get knocked off or fall yeah. off, because then you have to go back to the beginning, because <laughs> you have to like go all the way up here, and then around the corner. Yeah, they have these like really fun sequence. Uh, crescendo moments where it's pretty much ideal for the special infected to hit you, hit you now. Um, and this is one of the big differences between 1 and 2, is in 1, in Left 4 Dead 1, most of the crescendo moments were, were stay put and defend. Yeah. Including the finales uh, at the very end. where Like, hold this point. Yeah. When you're, like, waiting for rescue. Um, I think all of the crescendo moments in two, except um, one with a parade float, were actually moving. Yeah. Uh, this uh, this came up in the, the commentary. I was listening to some of the dev, dev mm -hmm. commentary, and that was kind of their throwback to one. Is they had a parade float where you, like, started a tractor moving forward to form a bridge. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, you had to just hold out until it was done. Then you could move across. But they introduced the mechanic of always moving forward in crescendos to keep survivors from death balling, basically, in a corner. But, yeah. They hit you with that in the carnival as well. The, uh, the... I was about to say railroad. It's not a railroad. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> yeah. Roller coaster move forward one. I think... I forget exactly which 
part it's in. Mm-hmm. But there is a part where you kind of like set down some gas canisters. You get up on top of like some scaffolding. You pull the alarm. You go up there. You set shit on fire, and you just get swarmed for a bit. You have to like wait for it to burn out. Yeah, because yeah. you have to wait for the admissions door to the next area to open. Right. But the key last one, the finale, mm-hmm. is you you have this rock concert, and you want to set things off to kind of draw the attention of a helicopter saying, hey, we're here, by like blasting music, right. having a light show. But, I mean, the zombies are going to obviously be attracted to this because they're like, what the fuck's going on over there? <laughs> I would definitely go to see them play live. Yeah. <laughs> so you set up gas canisters. You have kind of like this big stadium or you could be up on the stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a huge area. It was very, very large, very, very open. Uh, it was a good place for a couple survivors to have, like, uh, hunting rifles or the snipers. Um, just to help cover everybody, for sure. Um, and then usually in the finale, they, they force a tank. Yes. <laughs> it's usually, like, when escape arrives, they're just like, all right, tank time. Or right before, I think. I think it's a little bit before. Mm-hmm. Like, a helicopter will arrive in, like, 15 to 30 seconds. Yeah. The tank's like... Yeah, <laughs> just throwing rocks at the helicopter yeah, about about that, and that was a valid strategy. Is um, so as it is left for dead, uh, you cannot depart from one area, or the area is not complete. You can't uh, uh, end the level in a safe house unless um, everyone's in the safe house, or the people outside are down, like actually incapacitated. Um, and the finale, or I think I think level by level. If you're just doing a standard level, if they're down outside, it's not over until they die. Yes. Uh, but for the finale, if they get downed and you're like in the escape helicopter or something like that, um, then you escape and you leave them behind. <laughs> Literally left for dead. Um, so one of the strats was if you had one of the less damaging special infected, but like with good disable, say the smoker, um, and they pulled somebody while the escape helicopter was showing up, uh, you would not try to kill that person as quickly as possible or down them. Instead, you send the tank to the helicopter. So you just use that extra long time window. Yeah. Nice. Because everybody's kind of just trapped in this small space, and you're like, it is my time. You're waiting <laughs> for, like, Rochelle's going to die, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, it, was, it was a kind of advanced strat, but hilariously effective when it worked. Um, some levels it was much better on than others. Also, who are some of the characters in 2? I've been talking about zombies the whole time. Yeah. I mean, like, the zombies are the main characters of this, obviously. But I mean, they're on the, the cover art, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, but for 2, we had uh, Ellis, mm-hmm. who was a uh, kind of country boy. Uh, has, like, a disrespectful shirt. I think it says Bowl Shifters <laughs> is uh, the text on it. I mean, he's got the, the hat. Yeah, he's got a cap, right? Yeah. Like, baseball cap. Um has a lot of fun stories throughout the game and usually is just the the naive kid right yeah zombie trope. he's a, he's a chatty boy mm-hmm. but he's good good egg yeah uh, got nick you got nick yeah he's kind of like your bradley who's the the actor i i don't know <laughs> from the hangover i don't know any actor he's like is bradley from that Freeman? one movie <laughs> he's like a very sharp guy he's in a suit he's mm-hmm. much more serious kind of the the dad figure of the group. Yeah. But he's still got that cool, like, I might do cocaine once a month type thing. <laughs> do you know his Do you know his backstory? Did you ever... No. What, what is that? So Nick's, Nick's actual backstory is he is an escaped felon who uh, basically, during this outbreak, 
he okay. um, uh, escaped. And the first thing he did was went to a suit store and just got a fitting suit that looked good. He's like, I can get my life back together. Got some bling, you know, and then went out into the world and found these people. <laughs> so it's hilarious. He doesn't talk about the fact he's a felon, but yeah, um, it's pretty great. I think Nick, Nick is most people's favorite. Yeah. Because um, nobody wants to be Rochelle. Yes. Rochelle is the next one. Uh, she's just kind of uh, whiny, I think, is mainly her problem. She's kind of like, she's like a soccer mom, basically. Yeah. She doesn't curse. She won't swear. Um, so we have that in common. But the, unfortunately, that trait in video game characters is not as appealing to me. Yeah. Uh, she's just not a super interesting character. No. But she's the the female of two. Mm-hmm. And she's still a fine character. She's just not as interesting as the others. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you have Coach. Yes. Which is <laughs> like friends the other, call me Coach. <laughs> the other black character you can pick in Left 4 Dead 2. Mm-hmm. But he is like a coach. Yeah. You imagine like a an older guy, a little bit overweight. Yeah. Seems like he would coach football or something. That's yeah. just him. Yeah. He he played college ball back in his days, but he's put, he's put on yeah, some pounds. Yeah, back in his days. Yeah. <laughs> put on some pounds but uh he's level-headed he likes to he, he keeps people from like going for each other's throats yeah and uh it's kind of the diplomat of the group easily the most friendly yeah for sure doesn't like stares no <laughs> but like he always gets teased about like wanting like cheeseburgers or mm-hmm. maybe the helicopter <laughs> maybe it's made of chocolate <laughs> it is pretty great but they're just kind of like a ragtag team. I mean, as it would be in a type of zombie apocalypse. Mm-hmm. But that is your your squad. Yeah, when the uh, when the game kicks off um, for the very first campaign, uh, they actually don't know each other at that point. They've just right. been, I think, offloaded by a boat at that point. And uh, actually, yeah, I think so, because you start on a pier. Um, and they're just like, all right, well, time to actually figure out who each other are. And they'll, they'll give each other's... Um, Give each other's names is not what I wanted to say. Oh yeah, your name. <laughs> your coach. No, they give each other their names, um, and uh, so you get to get the full character development and yeah. getting to know each other throughout the campaign, which is really cool. Yeah, a lot of it is through intermission dialogue. Like if you're going down an elevator, mm-hmm. like you have a thirty second window, they're like, "Man, I fucking hate zombies." <laughs> yeah. Little fact about myself. Yeah, exactly. And you grow to love all of them, honestly. Yeah. Because they all have their own unique personality and how they're dealing with the zombie apocalypse. There's a tremendous amount of dialogue. Like um, these games have kind of prided themselves on being adaptive because of the AI director. Mm-hmm. Like gear will be placed in different locations. In two, in particular, there's a couple maps where it'll actually have different paths depending on what the AI director decides to, th- decides to throw at you. Um, but you won't experience all of the dialogue in one playthrough. Like these are meant to be replayed. Yeah. Especially for Versus. Have we talked about Versus yet? Yeah. It's been a while since it was kind of a scratch, scratch, scratch my neck. It's been a while since we talked about Versus. versus. You got any of that uh, Left 4 Dead Versus? <laughs> um, I seriously did binge a lot of time on that game. Mm-hmm. Like, I think my friends in college had it before I did. And I just played it at their place a lot because I didn't have anything going on in my life. And it was a fun game. Yeah. And then I also got to hang out with them intermittently. Um, and then I got it for myself. Or somebody got it for me. Mm-hmm. And we still played that game for a number of years outside of college. Oh, yeah. That was on the that was on the, the LAN party rotation for a while, for sure. It's perfect for that. It stayed well. 
Yeah, even for, Left 4 Dead 1 still gets a decent amount of play. It's true, yeah. Uh, Valve was uh, very generous, I think, with their, their post-launch content for PC. I think they had to charge on consoles for some reason uh, to, like... The it was a requirement. Yeah, basically the patriarch, the patriarch of Microsoft and Sony. Um, they had to charge money for DLC so that they wouldn't establish a precedent against charging money for DLC, which is you know a different podcast episode. But yeah, yeah, it's sketch. Um, but for PC, like they took the entirety of Left 4 Dead One and imported it into two. They added completely new campaigns. They just gave everybody. Um, just a tremendous amount of content they provided for that game. I think one of the campaigns was actually made by a fan. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're going to use like, the, the game editing engine and <laughs> we'll make a thing. Yeah. And then it was actually good enough that I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll take that off your hands. <laughs> yeah, they had a, they had a, good mission. a, full, uh, a full modding um, setup where people could make their own maps, share them with friends, things like that, as Valve is wont to do. Like, they're the kings of monetizing. Monet- monetizing their uh, fan base um but yeah a bunch of content the passing i know was one of them where i think they had uh the survivors actually run across each other yeah between one and two mm-hmm. and as it's just it is really cool how it all is in this contained universe um i mean there is there is a plot but i mean it doesn't matter so much compared to actual content in the game yeah it's a lot more like the the vibe of the game mm-hmm. and how it plays and feels like I know we were saying before it kind of has a a unique thing to it yeah, like it's not unity modeled right per se yeah it uses a source engine yeah mm-hmm. like if you know that source engine feel and then kind of like iconic audio cues for special infected mm-hmm. or hearing zombies or like somebody threw out a pipe bomb right other things it's a very tailored experience. Yes. It's like you, you play Portal 2, and you're just like, this is a very tailored experience. The audio, the uh, it's clear it's been play-tested for like two decades before they decided to actually release it. Similar thing for Left 4 Dead 2. They actually apparently, this is just another random fact, kind of from the commentary, right. but um, for Left 4 Dead 2, they had their uh, QA people who were play-testing the game, um, and play-testers, they recorded with webcams their uh, expressions for every single moment of playtesting. Interesting. Um, and then correlated that to also recorded gameplay of that exact moment. So they knew how people reacted to events in the game. Oh, wow. Which is like the most Valve thing you could do. Like complete overkill, uh, tailored experience. That's actually really smart. Yeah. And it also it saved dev time because usually they... For Left 4 Dead 1, they had to have devs uh, overlooking every single person that was playtesting the game to, like, gauge their expressions. Then they just had, like, one overseer, basically, who could see everyone's <laughs> webcams. Like, oh, yeah. We just can the actually... guy with all the monitors, like, eyebrows <laughs> moving, yes. Looking up at the, the red briefcase stolen. <laughs> yeah. I just thought that was a fun fact. That's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. So do you think they did a better job with one or two it's really it's kind of interesting because i think the answer is two but it's kind of like one laid all of this foundation yeah and then two was the capstone um a lot of the mechanics that actually went into two were like almost finished for one 
but they just couldn't find a way to completely implement it, or it was an idea they didn't have the time to do, um, like laser sights. You could pick up uh, laser sights for your weapons into, which had the minor benefit of giving you a dot sight on your on your screen, um, but you already have like a reticule, a reticle yeah. so like what's the point? The point was you can now see the dot sights for all your allies, so you know where your friends are pointing. Also, you didn't really have to... You don't have to worry about running gun mm-hmm. because it would always keep your reticle as small as it could be. Yeah. You know where you're going to shoot. Yeah. yeah. So you could be running around with like a, a scar, like a burst weapon, and you're just like, I'm shooting here every single time. Yeah. So it just comes down to how good you are at left clicking and moving <laughs> your mouse. I can left click really great. Moving before left clicking, that's the trick. Oh, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but yeah, that, uh, that feature, the laser sights, almost made it into one, apparently. But. Uh, wasn't quite done, so they put it in two. Um, I mean, two does kind of have everything that one did, plus, and then some. Yeah. But one really the characters did leave an impression. Really good. Uh, the characters are definitely better than one. Yeah, I think I agree. I think that's... I don't want to name who they are or talk about them, but they definitely were better than one. Yeah, I mean, that's that's not for us to decide what their names were. Um, but their names were, you had Bill, who was the grizzled veteran... Yeah, he kind of had, like, the beret. Yeah. He had, like, pseudo-green camo. Mm-hmm. He always, like, had, like, a, a stick out of his mouth, like a <laughs> cigarette. Yeah. Had, like, his his um, grizzled white beard uh, old man. He, the, literally the trope, yeah. you know, like, in a, a classic B, uh, B film for vampire, vampires, for zombies. <laughs> <laughs> also, vampire. Did we say there was vampires in the game? There's not. So if it's we did, that was special infected. <laughs> yeah. uh, but you had Bill. You had Francis, who was the biker gang member. Um, hates a lot of things. I hate vans. I hate planes. I hate the woods. I hate subways. I hate small towns. I hate stairs. I hate elevators. I hate train yards. I hate Ayn Rand. I hate tunnels. I hate hospitals. And doctors and lawyers and cops. Yeah, he's he's your grumpy cat. Mm-hmm. But I think he's sweet deep down. You know who else is sweet deep down? I think maybe sort of. The girl who was a popular favorite in Left 4 Dead 1, Zoe. She had a red hoodie, zip-up hoodie. And that was her defining characteristic, I think. She was also just a character. I don't remember that much specifically about Zoe, to be honest. No, I just remember she was a cool character, and Mm -hmm. she kind of dressed like Ellie from another zombie game. Yes. I think think her trope was kind of like the one who you knew was going to make it in the end. Uh, Because she was capable. Like, she always rose to the occasion of dealing with all the situations. She didn't freak out like everybody else did. Um, And then there was the man that she developed an attachment to over the course of the campaign. The black guy, (laughs) Lewis. Or just Lewis, I guess. Just Lewis is fine. But he did serve the trope um, in in the Left 4 Dead 1. Um, But he was like an office worker. He like had a, a red tie, had a white button-down shirt, khakis. Yeah, he's your average Joe. Yeah, addicted to pills, as, <laughs> as you mentioned. Um, but not really. He just had some some really great voice lines that were used in a lot of source filmmaker. He videos. was kind of 
I don't want to say dorky in a way, mm-hmm. but he was like the most surprisable or like, whoa. Yeah. He kind of, he, he was the, um, the least adjusted, I think, to the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. He's not a guy who's going to go around and be like, I need to murder something. Yeah. It's always like, that's what we need to do. Yeah. And he's like, mm, I'd rather not. Mm-hmm. Throughout the course of the, uh, the campaign, though, they would, they'd have like a couple moments where it's just like, it was clear that they, they had some respect for each other. But the, the way that you knew that there was something going on was if one of them died, the other person lost it. There was like specific voice lines for if one character dies, they're like, oh no, they got Francis, <laughs> you know, whatever, if you're Bill. But uh, Zoe was really upset if Lewis died. Uh, Lewis was super upset if Zoe died. He didn't handle it as well, if I remember correctly, but um, it was fine. You would find him later in a closet. <laughs> yeah. That's how that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think those first characters um, had some really strong personality. And more importantly, I think they played off of each other really well. Francis and Bill were kind of uh, at odds. Because Francis is just like, this is the apocalypse. That's great, <laughs> you know. Like, yeah, he's more of the anarchist, and Bill's like, we need to, like, he's trying to be team leader. Mm-hmm. It's like we got to button down, shape up, get through this. It's like the only way we get through this is if we stick together, don't mess around, just focus on survival. Which ironically just didn't work out so well for him. But... <laughs> yeah. The sacrifice never happened. I don't know what I'm talking about. Fake news. Outside of the sacrifice, do you like any specific levels out of one? Um, and stand out for you? I think... I mean, everybody knows No Mercy. No Mercy, yeah. It was the canonical very first campaign mission in, um, in Left 4 Dead. No Mercy is really good. Crazy good finale with the top of the hospital. Um, had the, uh, the the nurses, zombie nurses, kind of special ones there. Um but I think my favorite section is probably uh, the finale for Blood Harvest. Um, because you, you've, you've already gone through this gauntlet of uh, situations that can wipe out the survivors. It's right. just like, um, got a lot of spots infected, can jump on them, try to get people before they drop down a ledge, strand them away from the rest of the survivors. Um, you have the actual cornfield, which in special infected couldn't spawn there very easily. Because the corn, like... It didn't really block It didn't block. Sight. Yeah. But if you were already there before they jumped down or you found a good angle or something, it could be devastating because you have, like, no sight as survivors. Um, but then the farmhouse where they had to hold out against, you know, like, waves of special infected, infected, ultimately a tank before a, um, a armored personnel carrier, like, showed up to actually drive them off. Um I think it was a really good finale. So I really, I like that from, from Left 4 Dead 1. Oh, that's a solid one. Mm-hmm. There's another stage from Left 4 Dead 1. It might be the same one, or maybe it's a different one. Mm-hmm. But I can't remember the name, but it had a lot of witches along the way. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I know there was one in... Heavy Rain. Yeah, so Heavy Rain, I think, traditionally was in... It was in 2. Was it? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was one was in two. Let me rephrase. Fuck one. I like this one level from two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. again, <laughs> I know I know you played two a lot more than me. I think I played Happy Rain like twice, maybe. It's just very muddy, washed out. Mm-hmm. It's raining a lot of the time, which helps obscure vision. You're kind of going through like more so outdoors. Yeah. Which is nice. 
like going through like a small town and whatnot. Also, the witches. Yeah. Which I can't believe I forgot to mention them earlier. <laughs> but they are a special infected type, non-playable, mm-hmm. that will occasionally just spawn in inconvenient spots where you're trying to get past. But if you shine a light in their face or get too close or shoot at them, God forbid, mm-hmm. they get really mad. Yeah. And they'll charge at whoever aggressed them. And then as soon as they hit them, they're immediately knocked down. Yeah. They have like a passive crying state, right? Like where they're just sitting there. You they're can hear them. They're sad. Yeah. Being real sad. You're like, oh, what's wrong? Oh, I'm dead. <laughs> That's what's wrong. Yeah. Like a little pop-up will say like, oh, so-and-so startled the witch. Yeah. And then the witch will just go after somebody. <laughs> You're just like, Tammy, what? <laughs> also, after they're knocked down, the witch kind of does like a wooda wooda wooda, and then it starts like beating the shit out of you while you're on the ground. Yeah. Like, it's not like. Like claw hands. Yeah, the hunter has similar claw hands where once you're pounced, it'll kind of slash at you. Mm-hmm. But these are like extra long claws, and yeah. does way more damage. Yeah, she, she incaps somebody crazy fast. Um, there is a. A special mechanic you can use to deal with her specifically with the auto shotgun it might have been possible with the base shotgun but i don't think so i think it's harder to but still possible yeah i was never great at it there is an achievement for it it's called crowning the witch which is basically sneaking up on her and as your first one to two instances of damage you just get like instant point blank headshots with the shotgun yeah which just kills her immediately because that's a lot of damage yeah in the head which is going to crit too that's a lot of damage um, it's a good thing that the witch isn't playable, though, because that wouldn't be a very interactive experience. <laughs> oh, the players chose to walk past me. Oh, damn. Dang it. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, you do your best. I'm going to be here for the rest of the mission. I'm just going to sit here and cry. Uh, Left 4 Dead 2 actually had... So all of the missions in Left 4 Dead 1 are uh, during nighttime. Uh, Left 4 Dead 2 actually introduced the concept of missions during the day. There's a lot of them. Um, and it had daytime witches. Uh, which obviously didn't exist in one because right. it was always nighttime. But during the day, witches will actually just walk around, and that makes them significantly more difficult to deal with in certain circumstances when you're being pressured in verses to move forward. Like, y'all go forward, but oh, what's that? <laughs> so, as, as a smoke, you're always like, let me pull them into this inconvenient thing, like an alarmed car or a witch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of strategy at play. I got better. No, you got dead. <laughs> Take a time out. Think about what you do. We'll get you out of the closet later. <laughs> What's nuts, though, is like the level design for these games. Like I said before, like campaign and versus, it's the same. You're going through mm-hmm. the same area. Yeah. Map but, knowledge. Yeah. The fact that it can support single and multiplayer is beautiful. Yeah. And also, all the levels are really well designed for being cohesive for where you are but also having the diversity of this is a more open area mm-hmm. it's a little more enclosed and your types of scenarios too because like you're going through a mall you're going through a hospital you're at a carnival yeah. it was a great summer <laughs> yeah <laughs> really really uh interesting locales i would say especially for a lot of their set piece um finales the build-ups to them it's a Easily. lot of really cool stuff you you um we're talking to me earlier about dead center before this. I know. So this is one of the ones we played in prep, right? Yeah. Um, and I think I had alt tabbed 
the uh, the game near the start because I know there's this like unskippable intro thing. But I heard you call out that there's a super loud helicopter sound. Yes, I then remembered the most iconic thing from Dead Center. I mean, great level. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about shots and gangs, but the helicopter you're like trying to catch just leaves you guys behind. Doesn't really see you. Yeah, but the volume for the chopper is so loud. You have to take off your headset or like blast your volume down for like a couple of seconds cuz just the loudest thing in the world yeah. comparatively to the rest of the game. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a fun time. I'm not mad about it. <laughs> um that map did have a lot of interesting uh, mechanics though. Like it opens up uh, pretty early. It has a lot of rooms you can explore in. Like as soon as you go down that first flight of stairs. Um and it's not all safe. Like, there's so many places Special Infector can spawn there. Yeah, because they can just, like, go behind a door and be like, spawn, <laughs> yeah. and then open the door. Well, they can't open doors. They, they, they can, can knock melee down. through. Yeah. It's really obvious, though, and it has, like, a very uh, notable sound. Like, Hunter scratching on door sound yeah. is just a trigger sound, I think, You're for like, me. I, I know where that is. And if it got damaged enough, uh, Hunters can actually jump through doors and just straight up what? break it. Yeah. I did not know that. I thought doors always blocked. That's yeah. cool. If, uh, you could do the final instance of damage and then carry through with your body, which is a very Kool-Aid man type moment. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I know you can, I think, smoke through mm-hmm. holes in doors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you can shoot and uh, have like projectile-like things through holes in doors, which is uh, pretty good, <laughs> as it turns out. I like how the deeper into this we get, I'm just like, so you're saying an object <laughs> yes. can pass through an open space where another object is not currently residing. Yes. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of physics. <laughs> to be fair, a lot of games would be like, the door model is still there. Yes. It's going to have a like, collision detection. Mm-hmm. So it's cool that they designed it that way. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's, it's cool. That's all we're saying. It's cool. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, personally, one of my favorite tactics in uh, some of the more open areas like that N- uh, near the top of no mercy or the very top of no mercy um, basically any video game i play ledge kills ledge kills is what i care about oh and my god yeah and it's super possible the to top of no mercy hit somebody with a tank they go flying off of the hospital and you're like one down um it's uh it's the best thing ever i'm disappointed when i play games that don't have ledge kills yeah like one of the things I really liked about For Honor mm-hmm. is you can just knock people off edges of things and it's just, they're dead. My swamp. <laughs> yeah, my swamp. It is cheeky, but it's something you have to like keep on your guard for, so like having it as a mechanic. Mm-hmm. Usually for me, though, if I'm getting ledge kills, it's with a charger. Yeah. And you just charge. Once you clip somebody, you go until... I think there is a max distance. Right. Yeah. But you go until like you hit a solid object like a wall or some barrier... Or you just go in a straight line. Yeah. Which is great if you're lined up with a window. Because you'll just take that person <laughs> with you out the window. You're now exiting windows. <laughs> Please make sure you have your seatbelt on at all times. It's now safe to turn off your computer. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, a, it's a fun experience. We, we talked about so many infected special strategies here. It, this is clearly the versus podcast for... It is, though. Like, it's a solid game all around. I would say definitely try out the single-player campaigns or co-op with a friend Mm -hmm. or friends as you go through and get used to it. But it is really cool to then play against your friends once you know the maps. 
and how the game works. It is fun to play the uh, the uh, resource-deprived expert difficulty with three other friends, where it will wear you down. If you make mistakes, it hurts a lot. Yeah. Um, a lot of the basic zombies' damage goes up in higher difficulty. Yeah. Because usually they just do a minor amount of damage, but they also slow you when they hit you. Mm-hmm. But if you go up later, it's like 10 damage per hit. Yeah. And it's... You only have 100 health, so <laughs> it goes quick. It does. But uh, I think that's about all I have for, for Left for Dead. It's a solid game. It's been around for a very long time. I'm sure most people have heard of it. Most people have played it. I think most people own it because Steam has made it so cheap. Yeah, it's one of those games that goes on free every month. Yeah. <laughs> it might just always be free now. I don't know. <laughs> um, but... Uh, yeah, I sunk stupid amount of hours into it, and I don't regret them. It was a fun social experience with uh, friends and enemies. <laughs> it's good to play games with your friends, but it's also good to be able to kill your friends. And it's important to mount your friends. Yeah. That's a game, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave it on that pause. Yeah. Um, but that's not this game, so. No. But like, Left 4 Dead 2, insanely cheap, great replayability. Mm-hmm. And they have all the features of one built into it now. Yeah. Because you can go back and play campaigns from one as well. Mm-hmm. The only reason to play one is if you just literally don't want, like, melee weapons and the items added in two. That's it. Yeah. So, play two. Good stuff. But I'd like to thank everyone for sticking around for another episode of Soapstone. As always, uh, you can leave any feedback you may have um, for this episode on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcast, or send it into our gmail at what's that sound what's that sound what do you think that is <laughs> who do you think I am what what's that what's that <laughs> you talking to me what is that <laughs> is that a tank that's a tank Thick boy! <laughs> so propane and propane tank! <laughs> <laughs>